turn your Bible this morning to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 16, Acts chapter number 16. Uh, we have been in the book of Acts uh, this whole year as we uh, think of our theme of action. And the Christian life is a life of action. It's a life of doing. Uh, it is not a life of uh, just sitting. And uh, I hope that we have been able to learn some things this year as a church and individual uh, in the area of, uh, in different areas of our Christian life. And we're going to look this morning uh, at a familiar story but one that I think will be a very, very uh, good help to us. Uh, can you hear me okay back there? Back there? Everybody hear me okay? Okay, just making sure. Acts chapter number 16, uh, verse number 22. Uh, verse number 22 of Acts chapter 16. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. When they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer, to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and every one's bands were loosed. Here we have the story of Paul and Silas in prison. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture if you've been in church any length of time. They were simply preaching the gospel. They were simply doing uh, what it was that God had instructed them to do. If I can put it like this, they were doing the will of God. And while doing the will of God, now they find themselves in one of the most unlikely of places. One of the places they probably did not anticipate to be in when they set out doing the will of God. They find themselves in a prison after being beaten for just doing what God had commanded them to do. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture, and usually we put the focus, and it's a great focus, on that Philippian jailer getting saved. And I may allude to it a little bit this morning, but that's not my message. In the course of this great story and many messages being preached, I'm afraid there's a truth tucked among the other truths that if we're not careful, we will miss it. I want you to look with me at verse number 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Now let me remind you, who's in jail? Paul and Silas. They're in that prison for doing what? The Word of God. Uh, they are the focus. They are the center. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. <clears throat> and immediately, how many of the doors were open? All the doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loosed. Paul and Silas's bands were loosed. Paul and Silas's doors were open. But the Scripture tells us that God didn't just open the doors for Paul and Silas. He didn't just loose the bands for Paul and Silas. This morning I want to preach on this subject. Your trial is not all about you. Your trial is not all about you. Father, I pray this morning that you'll Help us. My heart is already full uh, just from what has already taken place here this morning. 
every hymn that we sang, every uh, song that was sung this morning has, has ministered to my heart and reminded me of what a great God we have, why wonderful it is to serve our Heavenly Father. We've been reminded about how we are uh, safe uh, in your arms and we've been reminded about that sweet by and by, that uh, place of eternity, that heavenly home that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is preparing for each one of us. Uh, Father, along the journey there's difficulty, along the journey there's heartache. Father, I pray this morning that we allow the Scripture to help us, we allow the Holy Spirit of God to be our teacher, to be our instructor. And Father, if there's one here unsaved, I pray that you'll save them this morning. I pray they'll put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus and what He did and that finished work of Calvary. And Father, there's perhaps a discouraged Christian this morning. May they get encouraged. Uh, may they be helped this morning. And Father, through the Christian who uh, seemingly everything's going well this morning, may they file these truths away for that time when it comes when uh, burdens uh, come to their heart and trials come uh, to their life. Father, I pray that you'll help us this morning, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul and Silas are in prison. We know the story. Uh, they're in the midst of the will of God, doing the will of God. This morning, if you'll allow me to, I'm going to answer uh, the question that many Christians have asked. Why? Why, in the midst of serving God, did I get this medical diagnosis? Why, in the midst of doing the will of God, Pastor, I'm doing everything I know to do, and now... This has visited me. This has visited my home. This has visited my life. And now I'm limited in doing the work of God. I can't tell you in my years of pastoring how many times I have heard that scenario probably more than any other time. It is that I can't do now because of, whether it's my health, whether it's because of another situation, or whether it's because of uh, the, the circumstances that are taking place, I am limited in what I can do for God. I, I thought that when, when, when I surrendered my life, or we determined as a family, uh, things like this would not happen in our lives. It would not happen in our home. Why is it that now that I find myself in a place just that I never imagined, why did this happen to me? Friend, I want to help you this morning as you sit in your prison of cancer to understand some few things about the will of God. Maybe you sit in the prison of grief this morning. Pastor, why did my loved one have to pass away? Why am I left by myself? Why do I have to live the rest of my life with a broken heart? Why do, why do I have to endure all of these things? And if it's what God wants for me, then I'm fine with it. I'll, I'll surrender to it. But a little understanding would certainly help me along the way, along the journey. I find myself in this prison of loneliness, this prison of grief, this prison of poor health, and, and I never imagined it. And let me ask you a question this morning before I jump into some observations. Have you ever taken the time to consider that the prison you find yourself in, figuratively speaking, is not about you? 
Have you ever taken the time to consider maybe your uh, medical diagnosis is not about you? And I know what your first thought may be. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? I'm the one with the discomfort. I'm the one with the pain. I'm the one with the broken dreams. I'm the one that uh, life has derailed. Uh, and I never anticipated these things. But have you ever considered it's not about you? Have you ever considered that God has allowed circumstances to take place in your life because He doesn't want to just do a work in your heart? And by the way, this is not the message this morning, but I believe it needs to be pointed out. When you find yourself in difficulty, when you find yourself in trial, allow God to do a work in your life. I made up my mind a long time ago. I remember we went through the sickness of our daughter Amanda, and then when the Lord chose to heal her by taking her home with him in heaven, I said, i got to be in this. I want to learn everything that God wants me to learn so He don't have to put me through this again. That's not my message this morning. Have you considered it's not all about you? Paul and Silas are doing the will of God. They are preaching the gospel. As a matter of fact, they find themselves here. Are you with me this morning? They find themselves here because of the blessings of God. If we were to move up a few verses, you'll find that there was a young lady who uh, they had healed of her infirmity and she had been oppressed by Satan himself and, and they had used her as a show to make money. And now their livelihood is gone and now they're upset and they beat him and they throw him in this prison. And, and that takes place because of the blessings of God. Oftentimes, Christian, you'll find yourself with a trial, with a burden and a heartache, not because God is trying to punish you, it is actually after He has blessed you. Because it's not all about you. It's not all about me. I believe with all of the other sermons that could be preached from this story, I believe with all of the obvious applications that you and I this morning could apply from this story to our life and to our church, I believe one that often gets overlooked is our emphasis this morning, the fact that they find themselves in that prison and when God does the miraculous and when God does the deliverance, He did not just deliver His choice servants, He delivered all that were in contact with them. They were used strategically to relieve the burdens of other people. And friend, this morning you and I cannot deliver ourselves from some circumstances. We cannot deliver ourselves from some burdens that we must carry. God has allowed us, God has placed us exactly where He has us along the course of the will of God. And friend, I want us to see this morning that our trial is not just for you. It is not just about you. Your heartache is not just about you. Your disease is not just about you. Your disappointment is not just about you. Your broken dreams is not just about you. Let's make some observations this morning. We see, first of all, in verse number 25, read with me, in at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. I'm going to make a very deep theological analysis of that first phrase. Are you ready this morning? This is the first observation I want to make from digging into the Scripture, studying verse number 25, seeing that phrase, that midnight Paul and Silas prayed. Are you ready? Number one, it was midnight for everybody in jail. 
It wasn't just midnight for Paul and Silas. It was midnight for everyone. Everybody was in darkness. Everybody was at midnight. Let me just say this morning that from time to time, every Christian needs to hear. Everybody has difficulties. Everybody has burdens. Everybody has heartache. Sometimes when God allows things to come into our life, we have a little pity party and we think that we're the only one who hurts. We're the only one who's experienced sickness. We're the only one. Friend, you're not the first one to have to deal with what you've dealt with. You're not the first one to get that doctor's report. You're not the first one to have unfair things happen to you. You are not the first one. And truth of the matter is, it is important in the life of the Christian to look around and realize that while you're hurting, everybody else is hurting too. While you're burdened, you're not the only one burdened as well. And friend, our responsibilities as a Christian does not change when God allows us to carry a burden. Our responsibilities as a child of God does not change just from the fact that we have a broken heart. Our responsibilities as a child of God do not get so upset because we have been disappointed in life. We are to honor God with our life. We are to honor God with our choices. We are to be able to be a help to somebody else. And sometimes you and I just need to hear, you're not the only one hurting. You're not the only one with a burden. You're not the only one with a heartache. Sometimes when it's midnight, it might just be midnight for everybody. How many Christians have been offended because you have a burden and you come to church and you want everybody to know about your burden? But what you don't realize is you're not the only one who walked in the church doors with a burden. You're not the only one who walked in with a heartache. You're not the only one who walked in with disappointment. It's midnight for everybody. Sometimes we as a Christian, we think, well, I can't believe this has happened to me. It, 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 we've, we've, this, is, this is going to go way, way back. We all like to eat ore. If you don't know who he is, well, God bless you. Everything just happens to us. Now, sometimes God allows things to happen to us, but if you study Scripture, you study, study just life, it's, it gets dark for everybody. It's just a for everybody. And some Christians need to stop feeling sorry for themselves and say, I'm the only one, and why has God allowed this to happen to me? I know this is a deep theological analysis of this verse, but when the Bible says it was midnight, and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed, it was midnight for everybody. It was dark for everybody in that prison. Now, there was no sun shining. It's not like there was midnight in their cell. The sunshine is, is shining for everybody else there. No, it's midnight for everyone. And friend, everybody's got a hurt. Everybody's got a heartache. Everybody's got a difficulty. A second observation this morning. We have this thought of your trial, your prison is not just about you. It's not just for you. Look at verse 25 again. And at midnight... Paul and Silas prayed. They didn't pout, by the way. They prayed and sang. They didn't sulk. They sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. 
second observation I want to make this morning is this. Sometimes, singing in the prison does a work that preaching outside the prison cannot do. Let me say that again. Sometimes, singing in the prison does a work that preaching outside the prison does not do. Sometimes as a church and sometimes as a Christian, we have in our mind, this is what God wants me to do. and This is how I'm going to serve God. and This is how I'm going to live out my Christian life. And through the course of doing the will of God, God allows certain circumstances to come into our life. He never ceases to be God. Just because you got a medical diagnosis you never thought would visit you does not mean God is not God anymore. Does not mean God is not in charge anymore. No, God understands that sometimes singing inside a prison is more effective than preaching outside of it. See, they were out there preaching and, and people were being saved and lives were being changed. But there were some old prisoners, they were chained inside those prisons. They couldn't hear the voice of the preacher out there. It was clouded by their circumstances. And they were limited by their bondage. They were limited by, 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 by the, the, the pit that they found themselves in. But God had not forgotten them either. And God said, I'm going to let you see what serving God is all about. I'm going to let you see the change that God can make in our life. And God allowed two servants of His that we read by name there to be placed in the prison. And what was their response to their unfortunate circumstance? Are you with me this morning? They prayed and they sang praises unto God. See, friend, we have to be reminded of point number one, that it's midnight for everybody so that we could understand point number two, that a life preaches a greater sermon than an actual message. You know, faith, it's nice to tell your children God will provide when you've got a job providing. Did, did you hear what I said? And it's easy to say God will provide when we have a job that's providing for us. But let God take that job away. And now you get to teach your sons and your daughters that there is faith and it is real and God does provide. And let, let the unfortunate circumstances come in and let's see how, 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 how well that we can praise God and how well that we can go to Him. See, it's easy when everything's easy. But let us get in a difficult situation. Let us find ourselves in the prison of a burden, disappointment. Where do we respond? I would, I'd be afraid if Paul and Silas, if it were honest this morning, if they were at like the average Baptist, they'd be pouting in the corner of their prison, blaming God for their circumstances. They'd want to give up their Bible because this happened. They'd want to give up their convictions because this happened. They'd want to shake their fist at God and they would, they would want to allow bitterness to come into their heart because, God, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't, I, I, I didn't anticipate this. Friend, that's not the response of a Christian. That's not the response of someone who is really surrendered to the will of God. If God allows a prison to come across our path, if God has entrusted you with a disease, God has entrusted you 
came with a burden. God has entrusted you with some disappointment. Friend, He put you in a circumstance to preach the greatest sermon that anybody could preach. It's the sermon of a surrendered heart. It's the sermon of somebody who really understands who God is and what we really deserve. Friend, how can we complain in the prison? We deserve to burn in hell because of our sins. In anything short of that, we ought to break out into a prayer meeting. We ought to break out into the prompt to singing. I'm still on my way to heaven. My sins have still been forgiven. And God is far better to me than I ever deserve. Sometimes, singing in the prison does a work that preaching outside the prison cannot do. Because God will then allow those who would never listen to a Baptist preacher get up and preach a message like I'm preaching this morning. God would allow the Christian's life and testimony in the next cubicle after their loved one passes away to preach a sermon. After they're diagnosed with a sickness, preach a sermon. After they are faced with tragedy, after they find themselves in a place they never thought they would find themselves on the, in the course of doing the will of God. Pastor, I never thought this would happen to me. I never thought we would be here. Friend, don't despair. Don't make it all about you. You get on your face before God and let's start with thanking Him for all of the good things He's done. Let's start with thanking Him for sending His Son to save you from your sinful condition. Let's start with thanking Him for giving you an eternity of heaven and, and not hell and far give us far beyond uh, what we deserve. Let's start there. And I promise you, friend, if you start thinking about all God has done for you and you can't start praising Him, you can't let that reflect starting from the inside and the outside, uh, you, you might need to reevaluate your salvation because uh, you put things in perspective, there's somebody else who will see you. I'm just tired of all the hypocrites. Well, that's a cop-out we know, but it doesn't change the fact that there are a lot of hypocrites. We talk about the goodness of God, but we don't live the goodness of God. We talk about how God can provide, but we don't believe He can provide. We like to sing about how God is the God of the valley as well as the God of the mountaintop, but then just let us find ourselves in the valley. We forget He's the God of the valley. We find ourselves here, we have to understand that sometimes there are, there are lessons and there are people that can be reached, uh, there are things that can be reinforced uh, just because God puts us in a situation. And notice what happens, notice the scripture. They prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. There's several applications there, and I've got to move along here pretty quickly. But they were a testimony to those other prisoners. Now, if the prisoners could hear them singing and praying, do you not think that those prisoners could have heard them whining and complaining as well? I'm afraid you and I and us collectively as Christians, we're going to have a lot to answer for. We get to 
on the other side, and we get to eternity's door, we realize there are, there are people who are paying closer attention to our Christian life than we thought they were. Friend, if, a, if, if, another, if another individual can hear you praise God, they can hear you complain against Him as well. If they can see the joy that can only come from knowing the Lord, uh, that it comes from the inside out, they can see uh, the, 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 the bitterness and the anger, and, and then they look and they say, Why in the world? Well, I want what they have. That's the same way I respond to my circumstances. That's the same way I respond. What victory has God given them? And sometimes we look at the Christian life, and sometimes those that don't have Christ look at the Christian life as, if I have Jesus, He'll solve all of my problems. And friend, He will solve all of your problems. But that does not mean we will not find ourselves in difficult circumstances. But how are we going to respond over there? They prayed. And they sang. Christian, won't you determine if you ever find yourself, maybe this morning you, you hear what I'm saying, and, 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 and God has kept you out of a circumstance like this. Praise God, but you determine this morning, you find yourself along the course of the will of God in a prison of some kind. You need to determine it in your heart now that you're going to just pray about it. You're going to praise Him. So I think it would do good for us just to remind ourselves that we don't deserve salvation. There are some times that I thank God that He, he does for us what He does for us and, and, he, and, he, and He's pushing us in a direction uh, that, that, that I believe is beyond even what we can dream and comprehend. And that, that's a whole lot right there. But sometimes along the way I think we complain and we say, well, why do we have to go through this? And why do we have to do, do this thing? We have far beyond what we deserve. And sometimes we look at the life that we find ourselves in and sometimes we say, well, this is God punishing me. But I want you to listen to me very, very carefully. If you're doing the will of God and you find yourself in a prison, as I'm using it freely this morning, you, know, you, can, you can have that disease and be in the will of God. You can experience a broken heart and be in the will of God. So why do you bring that up, Pastor? Because I think it's, some, it's time for some Christians to embrace the fact that for some reason, along the journey of, the, of my service for Him, He's allowed this to come into my life and say, God, if this is what you want for me, I'm going to surrender to it. That's why there was a song in their heart, because they had surrendered their heart to whatever capacity, God, you want to use us, go ahead and use us. And that would be good for the heart of a Christian. I didn't choose this. I didn't want this. But God, if this is what you want for me, I'm going to find a reason to sing about it. I'm going to find a reason to praise about it. Sometimes singing in the prison is a work that preaching outside the prison cannot do. Number three, we see verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Let me say very quickly, God still works even in the prison. Pastor, here's my circumstances. I don't think I ever get out of them. Well, he sent an earthquake. Open every door in the prison. But don't ever lose sight of this. Just because you've got a burden you never anticipated doesn't mean God has done working 
just because you leave a doctor's office with a report you never anticipated doesn't mean God is done working. Just because life took a turn that you never anticipated. Just because you've had your heart broken by the actions of somebody else and, and you have circumstances forced just because you wake up one day and you say, I never thought I'd be where I am right now. And, and it doesn't look like there's any hope, any future. It looks like it has just all been said and done. And if this is what God wants, then this is what I'll have. Suddenly, there was an earthquake. God can move in an instant. God can move in a moment. And God still works inside the prison. God is not bound by a doctor's report. God is not bound by circumstances. God is not bound by disappointment. God is still God even when His children are in chains in a prison. He is not kept out from doing what He wants to do. And sometimes can I say that's when it's the most obvious God is God. That's the most obvious. Well, here, here, here. I don't know what was in the heart of Paul and Silas. I believe they had much greater faith than I had. I don't know what was in their heart. I don't know if they... I mean, the, the, the intention here, the reason why they put them in there because the intentions were not good. They weren't done with them. Well, maybe this is it, but this is God. This is what God wants for us. This is what we're going to do. Let's pray about it. Let's sing. Everybody's watching. Everybody's paying attention. Hey, if you don't, don't don't miss this this truth, I've already alluded to it earlier. If God has chosen for you to carry a certain burden or to deal with a certain circumstance in your life, don't you set yourself and say, "Determine, I'm going to be an example." of God's grace. Because I've already reminded all of us, there's somebody else coming along who's going to have the same sickness you have. There's somebody else coming along whose child's going to break, break their heart too. There's somebody else coming along that's going to be betrayed. Why don't we determine to show ourselves Hey, you can make it because of the grace of God. You can make it by just deciding you're going to praise Him and not pout about it. Let's determine that we're going to handle it right because God still works in the prison. Notice this and we're done. Notice the progression here. They are taken. They are put into prison. Are you still with me this morning? Verse 25, we see it at midnight. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, not just Paul and Silas' prison doors, all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep, verse 27, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out the sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm. Me and Silas, we're still here, but everybody else is gone. Is that what the Bible says? 
No. It says, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Friend, what's this great truth? This will change your life. You only help others after you get to victory. They were listening to Paul and Silas pray. They were listening to them sing praises unto God. And when God moved, all the doors were open. Everyone's bands were loose. Everybody experienced freedom only because God's people handled the situation correctly. Sometimes, friend, I believe God lets us sit in that prison. God lets us just think about it for a long time until we get the right kind of perspective. Until we surrender to the will of God. Until we surrender to what God has for us. But they have surrendered their will to Him. They're praising God for their bad circumstances. They're singing praises to God because they find themselves in a prison. They can still find something to think about how good God was and how much He had blessed them. And all along, there's a criminal sitting over here and there's, there's somebody bound. They couldn't see Paul and Silas, but they could hear Paul and Silas sing they could see the testimony of God. And let me tell you, it wasn't no contemporary praise and worship. They were singing some songs under Him. And all the Holy, the Holy Spirit of God began to work. And those guys who were guilty, who were supposed to be in there, guess what happened? It began to do a work in their heart. And they knew that God had visited them. And when the chains fell off their wrist, they said, something has happened here. The doors were open. Nobody went anywhere. I believe, it's my belief, that we'll get to heaven and we'll bump into Christians and we'll say, oh, tell, say, tell us your story. And they'll say, I was in cell so-and-so. When Paul and Silas were imprisoned. And I heard them sing about God. And I heard them praise Something happened. And it wasn't the earthquake. The earthquake was amazing in itself. And the doors flying open. But it wasn't just our circumstances that changed. It was our hearts that were changed. It was our eternity that was changed. And it was because Paul and Silas could still praise God in their circumstance. Could still rejoice in God because of their circumstance. They still realized that God still had a plan for them. God still had a purpose for them. And look at the result. And everyone's bands were loose. See, Christian, you don't know who you're supposed to help. You don't know whose life you're supposed to touch. I can think back of, in, in, in my own life, the circumstances of my own life, difficulties of my own life, and I've had in my mind as a younger man, this is the ministry God has been given me. And this morning, it's a completely different ministry that God has given me, but it's one that uh, only I could help a certain person. Only I could, could do a certain thing. The circumstances that God put to give me a pastor's heart. And this morning, I appreciate a pastor's heart. And it's only because I know it's like I had a broken heart. I know it's like 
to, to, to have their gold to God and, and that was God preparing. You don't know who you're supposed to touch. You don't know who you're supposed to minister to. There's somebody that you can reach that nobody else can reach. There's somebody that, that, that can see you giving God the glory and say, if they can give God the glory in that circumstance, what excuse do I have And there's somebody and the Holy Spirit of God is going to touch their heart you're going to say, they've got something that I don't have. They've got something that I want. Now, why wouldn't they, those prisoners, all leave? I believe some of them were too scared to leave. I believe there's some that says, I don't know what's going on, but I'm, I'm staying where they're staying. I want to hear more about what they've been singing about. Friend, don't look at your circumstances. It's over. How can I stand in a Sunday school class and teach these little boys and girls when my kid didn't turn out to serve God? You don't know what God will do with your circumstance. Pastor, I'm weak. I, I, this, this, my sickness, it keeps me from doing what I used to do from what I know that God wants me to do. Friend, there might be the, the, the one life that you're supposed to touch. God cares so much about the individual. God cares so much about those in this prison that He said, I'll allow two of my choicest servants to be beaten, to be humiliated, and to thrown in jail. It was not about Paul and Silas. It was about those men chained in their cells that God said, I'll visit you even in the darkest place. I'll send a witness when, when He sees that no witness can be there. But He had to have somebody, a child of God, say, God, if that's what you want for my life, I'll allow you to stop me by the prison cell. I'll allow you to derail my plans so that I can touch the life of the individual that you value. But notice what I said. I said, you only help others after you get the victory. See, Pastor, what you mean is that when the, when the the victory came when the doors flew open. No, that's not when the victory was given to Paul and Silas. That's how the average Christian looks at a victory. It was when all the chains fell off of the prisoners and the doors were open. That's when God gave the victory. That wasn't when God gave the victory. Well, then, Pastor, it's, it's, if we read a little further, you, you talk about that, 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 that jailer and how he comes and says, Sirs, must, what must I do to be saved? And he said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That has to be the victory. The man getting saved, his whole house getting saved, that's got to be the victory. No, friend. That was not when the victory was won. The victory was won in verse number 25 when the hour was the darkest and the night was the darkest and the hope was the furthest away and two men of God said, we'll still praise our God. We'll still sing unto Him. We'll not get bitter at life circumstance. We'll not quit on Him. This is not where we want to be. This is not where we thought we'd be. But God is exactly where He's always been. He is on His throne. And that is 
knows when the victory is done. Child of God, you'll not see a jailer in his family ever get saved. You'll not influence somebody in the next cell unless you understand victory comes in verse number 25. You surrender your difficulty to God. You surrender your disease to God. You surrender your derailment of plans to God and say, this is where you have me. Who do you want me to help? See, we look at we say those other prisoners, prisoners that they weren't important enough. There wasn't enough prestige enough, but God loved them enough to send two of His choice servants along. And they didn't get angry. They didn't get bitter. They said, we're still going to praise Him. And that's when the victory is won. Friend, your prison is not about you. Yes, God will allow you to carry your burden to teach you some things. God will put you through the fire to purge you. God will allow you to endure some difficulties that we'll never understand on this side of eternity. But it's not just about you. Mom and Dad, have you ever thought that you questioning God, your unsurrendered heart to God about disappointment, to plant a seed of doubt in the heart of your child? And one day, it'll grow. And they'll just remember some comment that was made about how God was unfair. And they'll grow with a heart of doubt towards their God. Because what has happened to mom and dad, or what has happened to somebody I love, it's got to be his fault. Mom thought so. Dad thought so. How sad. Friend, let's, let's determine that not let that scenario play out, but flip it around that when I saw her mom was struggling, she still gave praises to God. When I knew God was struggling, I saw His faith in God. And I know there's a God that's bigger than any circumstance. I know there's a God bigger than any disease or any trial. I know there's a God because I watched mom and dad get victory. I watched my brother in Christ. I watched my sister in Christ not quit on God. Friend, I can't promise you a carefree life as a Christian. I can't promise you days and nights without tears. As a matter of fact, I'm here to declare to you this morning, there will be midnights, there will be dark hours, there will be bondage, there will be chains, there will be prison walls, but God is still God. When you're in that prison, let's praise Him. Let's let's offer praise to Him. Let's pray to Him. Because there's somebody watching you that you, through God, will give the victory to. Then you got to go through it anyway. Won't you allow God to use it? Children are watching. Not just yours, but others. Co-workers are watching. Why, why did God allow this to happen to me? Pastor, all I can offer you is it's not about you. 
It's about somebody else who's watching you. It's about somebody else who now you can minister to. Now you can talk to. This morning, would you allow God to give you victory? Saying, God, I don't know why. The burden gets heavy. My strength is weak. But I'm going to praise you anyway. And I'm going to trust you to take this circumstance. God, you can send that earthquake anytime you want to send it. And yesterday would be just fine. You can send that earthquake anytime you want to send it. But I want you to use me in this situation to help somebody else. Well, we put the focus on the praising, the singing, the jailer, and all that's wonderful focus. But don't miss the fact that there are some unnamed individuals in this story who got liberty, who got freedom, who I believe many, if not all, will, will fellowship with in glory because Paul and Silas handled their prison the way they sh- a Christian should handle their prison. Father, I pray this morning that You'll use the message to work in hearts. Father, I pray that You'll encourage us. I pray that we'll be challenged this morning. Father, I pray that Christians will get their hearts right with You. They'll confess the blame. They'll confess the bitterness. Confess their lack of faith. And just determine they're going to trust You. And Father, may we look for other people that we can help that we could not help unless we were in this circumstance. I pray You'll use the message this morning. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm going to ask several questions in the invitation this morning. First question I'll ask this morning is if you're saved and on your way to heaven. You know, so Pastor, I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm on my way to heaven. If you just slip your hand up this morning, wonderful all over the building this morning. You can put your hands down. I wonder if there's one this morning who would say, Pastor, if I'm honest, I'm honest before God, honest with myself, honest with you. I'm not certain I'm on my way to heaven. If I died today, I don't think I'm ready to meet God. I don't think I've ever been saved. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed this morning. I want to pray for you. I'll not embarrass you, but I wonder if there might be one that say, Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? I'm not for certain. My sins have been forgiven. We're going to stand in just a moment, but Christian, I want you to be honest this morning. I want you to search your heart this morning. I wonder if there would be one that say, Pastor, I'm in a prison, fearfully speaking, of some sort. Maybe something you mentioned. Maybe not something you... Maybe you didn't ever mention it by name, but I'm in a prison of some sort. I've got a burden. I've got a heartache. I've got a difficulty. Life has brought me something that I did not anticipate. And this morning, I'm going to determine that I'm going to trust God with that. If you just slip your hand up this morning. I find myself with something I never anticipated. I'm going to trust God. Then this morning, if you've got trouble with bitterness, with heartache... 
Hey, I'm not standing up here, friend, not preaching. I have preached something to you this morning that I have had, I have had to surrender things to God. I have had to place trust in God's hands, and I can tell you the only way to get through that prison and get delivered from it is to do exactly that. God still has something for you to do. Why don't we this morning allow Him to work in our heart? Why don't I, I believe this? We, we, we put an emphasis on our young people. Surrender your life. Surrender your talents. But Christian, you need to surrender your hurt to God too. You need to surrender that sickness to God. You need to surrender that disappointment to God. Perhaps that's the decision you need to make this morning. We stand to our feet, our heads are bowed as the piano begins to play.